I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the GMM Takeover, the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today is Coleman Hodges, Swim Swam's man on deck and the head of production. And we also have a very special guest, NC2A champion, world champion, Olympic champion, 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 Swim Swam magazine cover, Kathleen Baker. Hey, everyone. Looking for the latest swim technology from the fastest brands? Find the right suit for you with Swim Outlet's 2020 Tech Suit Review. Available now at swimoutlet.com slash blog. All right, so Kathleen, you're in North Carolina with your family. Tell us all about it. I mean, this is so awesome. I mean, I have not really taken a break since March. Um, I feel so fortunate. Um, that I was able to stay like motivated and so engaged during quarantine. Like I probably only missed like a total of like three days totally out of the water or without pools. Like I was in a pool like four times a week at least um, until like June. And um, I just like really thought to myself, like I didn't want to like slack or be less motivated during quarantine because in my head, like that's still a time of year that I train really hard and I didn't really want to take a break or anything like that until it was August because August is always when I take a break, um, pretty much my whole life of swimming. And I just wanted that like sense of normalcy and knowing like, regardless if I have a meet to train for back in April, I was like, I'm still training for the Olympics in 2021. So I'm going to do everything I can right now to like stay in it. Um, and so this break for me is pretty well deserved and I'm still like swimming um, four times a week here, but I'm like, going to like a country club pool and like swimming like 3k with like some of my old like friends and um some of the rec swimmers so I'm having a good time while staying fit and visiting family I, I got a question it's a narrow question like I don't know who's going to really appreciate this question it's something I think that we have in common it's it's the North Carolina roots yes. and and then spending a lot of time you know you've lived a lot of your life in California do you feel, I always felt like an alien in California coming from North Carolina. Do you feel, is California a comfortable sock or do you feel, you know, how does it feel for you? I definitely have embraced a lot of the California uh, vibes. I got really into surfing during quarantine, have my own surfboard, go all the time. Um, but definitely I'm a Southern girl. Like I grew up in the South. I love the community feel that you just have back home and everything like that. Like, I mean, I go to swim at the pool and I get stopped like every 10 seconds because it's like, oh, it's my first grade teacher. It's my kindergarten teacher. Oh, it's my neighbor. Um, but I love that. The only thing is it's like today I went on to a mile like walk with my sister and it was like 95 degrees outside. And I'm like, oh my God, I cannot handle this humidity. That is one thing. In North Carolina, you walk out and you get the mail and you come back in and you're drenched in sweat. That's just <laughs> yeah. not, that's not cool. My eyeballs are like sweating. My eyelids are sweating. It's so hot. It's, yeah, your success, you know, I've never, I've never dug into all the details of your background, but it's, uh, you know, you've been great for a long time. Was your first nag when you were 11 and 12, the 55, what was it? 55, 55, six hundred yard backstroke. Is that your first one? I broke the hundred eye in that same meet, like as a surprise. And the hundred back one was like what I was going for. I had like a sticky note of that time above my swim bag. And I ended up like tying the exact sticky note time um, at that meet. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I felt so cool. And I remember being like, I'm a real swimmer now. I have a nag record. Like I'm actually like made it. And like 11, 12 year old me was just like thrilled with it. <laughs> Note to anybody listening, swimmers listening out there, you're 12 years old, right? And you're, you're writing down your goal times. 
we just we just did a podcast with Caleb Dressel, and after it was over, we blew it because after it was over, he showed us his logbooks, and it was like he could fill a library with all these logbooks. But uh, that, that's interesting. How, how long you've been writing down your goal times? How long you've been like, hey, this is my goal times. This is my dreams. This is what I'm doing. When did you start that? It's funny that you say this because like I'm home and so my mom's like clearing out like all this stuff of mementos and she's like sending me pictures of everything and she found like goals I'd written down since I was nine but like the first like big goal sheet I did I think I was like 11 and 12 and it was so cool to look back on it because like most 12 year olds are like oh I just want to go 55 but um I wrote down everything I needed to fix in every single stroke what my practice goals were what I wanted to go at every single meet from September until um like sectionals which was my big meet at 12 and it was really cool to see like my mind process as it is now is like you can't just like say oh I want to break a world record like what are you going to do to get there like and I think I've always had that mentality that you can't just like say a time and get there. And then um, also just like having those little goals along the way. Like I had goals that I wanted to go at like a fall state invite, like wanted to swim the 200 fly for the first time and um, breathe every other and do four kicks off the walls and things like that. And having that foundation in my um, club coach at the time, like instilling that in me, I feel like helped so much um, as I got older because I knew how to like goal set and I knew what I needed to do to get there. Um, and also make sure like appreciate, like I put practice goals down and one of them was like, don't kill yourself on every set, which is just funny to look back on. Cause that's like something I still have to try to not do now. Um, and just see like the evolution of my swimming and some of the goals and technique stuff are like, I still need to fix that. And I'm 23. So, so even, even when you're sophisticated 12 year old, <laughs> yeah. I was like neurotic about swimming at 12, still like a little, animal, <laughs> like the biggest swim fan there ever was. Um, I just like send my mom emails in school of like what my rankings was on USA swimming and like the all time hundred list. And I'm like, mom, guess what? And she's like, oh, are you in study hall? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> that's cool. No, but that, I mean, that's, that's, uh, you know, here's, here's the thing, just overarching when, when you're, when you're that focused that young and you've been at this for so long, cause you're, you know, you're now you're a full fledged pro you've been at it a while. Is, is that, is that passion still there? Like, do you still, do you still feel like that, that 12 year old kid with the goal time of breaking an ag record? Yeah. Like a hundred percent. Like that's why I like, for me, like during the pandemic, it was so hard because swimming is like my biggest joy of like my entire life. I love to just grind it out. I love to work hard. Um, and I have like the same joy and the same passion and now I'm professional and I'm getting to literally live my dream every single day. And I've accomplished like, everything I've already wanted to accomplish in life, which is awesome. Um, and that pushes you to set even like more challenging goals, which I think is cool when I look back on like 19 year old me or 18 year old me setting all these goals and I've done everything I wanted to do, but now I'm like, wow, I have all these other things I still want to do too. So it's cool to be able to like, see that I wanted to achieve these things. And then once achieving them, like not being complacent and settled into being like well I've done it so like now what it's more like I can do more like if that was like the tip of the iceberg like there's just so much more you can do as you're talking I'm thinking we, we all know each other really well Coleman knows everybody really well we we you know I got a long history on the national team and there, there are some national team members who are kind of over it and they're still doing it and they're and they're great but I mean these are personal thoughts I'm not calling anybody out mm-hmm. but the, you know the truth is there's ups and downs and you seem, every time I see you, you seem like you're smiling and you're effervescent. And 
But I also, if I had to like make some guesses, I'd be like, you've had some of the biggest trials as, as an elite, as any swimmer I can imagine. And it, like right before you came on, I was talking to Colin. I'm like, what was it? You know, let's say I'm, I'm going back through the recent history and I'm like, didn't she like have pneumonia and like, and was coughing and broke her rib. And he's like, yeah, that's right. And he was filling me on, on the backstory. You've had a lot, you've had a lot of trials. So in the moments where you're, where, where you're suffering, um, where is swimming in your heart? How, how are you managing that? That's like, the thing is, is like all the times I feel like I've been taken out of the water, I've been too sick to swim or, um, feel like my dreams weren't exactly where I, I wanted them to be because as I've been so sick or something's happened or injuries and things like that, it makes you have like this whole other appreciation to swimming that I hope so many people were able to gain during like the beginning of the spring when swimming was taken away from pretty much every swimmer in the world. Um, but I feel like I've had that since I was 12. <laughs> um, I like live every day. So grateful to like be able to have such a great relationship with my coach getting to swim outside. And it's like the little things like that is so important to have because it keeps that like fire burning inside of you. And specifically like knowing for me and having a chronic illness, um, knowing how quickly my season can turn, um, from like having the best year of my life to having the worst year of my life, which would be 2019. Um, and, uh, uh, being able to see like it can so easily be taken away from me and um, it's not always in my control either like what was I supposed to do like cough less hard not break a rib um, so I like look at that and I'm like it can be taken away like this and to like appreciate like every single practice I go into and I'm having like a great race practice I'm like you need to like remember those things because it's not always going to be like world championships for me wasn't like a fill the bank of happiness of swimming for Kathleen but like March of 2019 when I was swimming like the fastest I've ever swum in practice filled my well um and so like having those type of things um and not just appreciating or like remembering like the big meets like that's not all that brings me the joy it's like the whole process which I think is hard to think about when like the end goal is making the Olympic team and winning medals, but like without that enjoyment of the process, like it means so much less. And, and, and you've, you've been managing a disease, Crohn's disease. And, and I think really, I wish I could say the best piece of media that I've ever read about you was on swim swam, but it's not, it's by a mutual friend who is one of the most famous sports writers on earth, Joe Posnanski he wrote an incredible feature on you and he was calling me and asking me questions and, and I was trying to help him out. And cause I, I know he was, he was a, a freshman at UNCC when he was writing about swimming and covering me. And, but he is really great. Uh, I felt like he nailed it, but it's a, um, you know, this is all, this disease is about stress and managing your stress. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was just curious if, you know, do you do yoga? Do you have a meditation practice? What, what are your tools for, for, for managing your stress? Yeah, I mean, I wish I had the patience to do yoga or uh, meditation, but I don't, which is why I'm in the sport of swimming, um, where I can just like grind it out. Um, for me, like managing the stress is like um, using it in a positive way. Like a lot of people get stressed around big meets and I definitely have my moments where I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm like about to compete at Worlds and like swim 10 races. Um, but for me, it's like, I don't know, just being able to like enjoy that stress and being like, it's like the stress and pressure to me is like more of a, because I care so much about what I do, not because I'm feeling it external. And like, I love the internal stress I put on myself because that makes me Kathleen. That makes me 
uh, the swimmer, the person, the sister that I am is because like, I know how to internalize my own stress, um, and turn into something great. However, sometimes you like can't control that. So like, um, when the Olympics get canceled, I was like, I'm totally fine. Like, or postponed, sorry, definitely not canceled, postponed. Um, I was like, I'm totally fine. Like, I'm not even stressed. This is what I wanted. And then like, I start having like a little bit of symptoms because like my internal body, like, even though I'm like telling myself I'm not stressed, um, sometimes your body doesn't happen that way. And, um, I feel like for me, like most people only see like such a small amount of of my chronic illness or what I go through. And I don't share as much as I should probably. Um, but like, I am not healthy all the time. I have to manage like a chronic disease every single day of my life. Like I have an awesome coach, like David works with me so well. And typically like when I'm like lights out in practice, like all of a sudden it's going to be like this because I've been training so hard. So I'm going to have like three weeks where I'm like swimming the best I've ever in my entire life. And then all of a sudden without like any notice, like I am swimming so slow in practice and the symptoms I have, like some people would be like, going to the hospital for and I'm just like at swim practice um and just being able to like have an open conversation with my coach um helps me manage it because like instead of me maybe doing something crazy like 24 100s mbo2 max I'm gonna do something aerobic which like that puts less stress on my body as well so it gives my body the time to heal and fight the disease I have so you, you reach a tip you reach a tipping point and, yeah, and it's pretty it's a pretty abrupt um and sometimes like i know when it's coming and sometimes it's just like sorry didn't see it coming and here it is and it's it's so what year were you how old were you when you were diagnosed i was 13 i started having symptoms at 12 um and that was just like really honestly terrible but thank god for swimming because that's what got diagnosed me so quickly is because like as a 12 year old i was like losing a lot of weight having gi symptoms people said i had mono i didn't have mono um but i was swimming like so slow that everyone was like oh my god like what happened to kathleen um and that like really pushed like me to go to the doctor figure things out because i definitely live in denial um and i still live in denial over my uh, disease for sure um, because I think I can do everything in this world, no matter what, and I can't, and being able to like realize that, um, is a growing part that I'm still working on, but definitely got better. And, and it's, it's inflammation of the GI tract. Is that correct? Yeah, inflammation and ulcers of the GI tract and intestinal bleeding and stomach bleeding and esophagus bleeding. So I have it from like my esophagus all the way through my GI tract, which makes it like a moderate to severe case. Um, and what people don't realize is I also have to struggle with being immunocompromised from having Crohn's disease and taking in, you know, compromising medications. So like what happened to me in 2019 was like what people would get like the flu for and like be fine in like a week or 10 days. Like I was sick for like, uh, like forever <laughs> and I got really sick and got pneumonia and fractured a rib. And those are all related to having Crohn's disease, which people don't even realize. Like in college, I was getting strep many times a year, um, having to be like on IV antibiotics and in the hospital and things like that. And people like don't even realize that like that's one of the bigger struggles I face is um, like something small for a normal population is sort of a big deal for me. <laughs> and you, so you know about this early and uh, you know, you're still, you're, you're breaking nags, a 13, 14 year old. You get shot out of a cannon at the 2012 trials. I can't imagine I mean, uh, Coleman, have you been in the pool trials? Did you ever, did you get a, you get a stroll in the pool? Yeah. 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 I mean, they let the media jump in and swim. They let old people like me jump in and swim. And I'm like, 
this place is freaking me out. And like, nobody's in the stands. We're doing this between sessions. Uh, so how did you manage trials? Cause trials is just seems nerve wracking. It was. And I was like scared. I would say I was like, literally like, Oh my God, like I'm at Olympic trials. Like I like made semifinals, which was my goal. Um, and I didn't swim as well as I would have liked to probably at Olympic trials, but I was like so nervous. I walked out with like my nose clip on my goggles. Like I was like in my goggles and nose clip in the ready room for like 15 minutes before they even walked me out. And I was just like pushing them in, like didn't want anything to happen. I was so starstruck by like every single person around me. Um, and in my head, I was like, maybe I'll make the Olympic team. But like realistically, like my goal was to make a second swim and I did. Um, and I had like some good age group coaches who were like, you need to just like relax and enjoy this. Cause your time's going to be in 2016. Um, and like being able to like have someone tell me like, it's okay. Like this is, it's honestly like going to be a lot harder in 2016. So like learning how to manage those emotions early, um, I think is so beneficial, which was great for me to have an Olympic trials experience at 15. And then again, at 19. A legit swim at trials, 213, 200 back, 101, 600 meter back. What was your, so you didn't hit your personal best? No, I was like a little bit off my personal best, but honestly, it's funny that you say those times because I feel like in backstroke, those like aren't even competitive anymore. <laughs> I'm like, that is just like, it's changed so much. It's changed so much. And, you know, you're a big part of it changing so much, but it's, uh, yeah, that, that just seems like a lot of stress when I always think about your life and what you're managing. Yeah, when you're an elite swimmer uh, and you don't have a disease, staying well in is is half the battle. Yeah, it doesn't matter like how hard I train um, if I'm not healthy. Like it's like literally irrelevant, and like that's what my doctors always have told me, and my parents have like instilled that into my head when I'm like I should be at practice, and they're like you have a fever, you don't need to go. And I'm like, but I need to be there. It's like I'm gonna miss this, and like it's literally just will like, the practice at this point so I put you into the David Marsh bucket you know and that's in so David wasn't coaching you from early on you had other coaches correct I had one coach from 9 to 14 and then David was pretty much my coach from around 14 um till now so I feel like fortunate that he though I've had like two main coaches and then of course at Swim Mac we had so many different staff who um coached me at different times and I swam at different pools um, but those have been like my two main coaches and um, especially like having a really great coach nine to 14. Like I never want to forget that. Cause like I, he made me like redo a 2000 for time one time. Cause I breathed off my walls the next day I was 13 too. And I thought that was like insane. Um, but he swam every other 50 with me to try to keep me on pace. Um, and he would like run up and down the pool cheering for me in practice. Cause I didn't have like a huge group to train with. I swam on a small club team before moving to swim Mac. Um, and so like having a coach who did all of that and instilled the goal setting in me, um, just translated really awesome to, um, being able to train under David, who was an Olympic coach and like someone who I'd known since I was 12 and like idolized, <laughs> Um, so I like, I'm so fortunate that I've been able to have like a growing relationship with him too. It's, um, Coleman and I are kind of scratching our heads because I don't think that we've ever been to a David Marsh practice where anyone swam fast for more than a 12 and a half. Can you give us, could you just, I mean, and that's sort of, everyone thinks that he trains kind of that way now because he's focused a lot of on elites. He has a big club team now, but so when you're an age group swimmer, you're 14, uh, what kind of work are you doing under David? 
Yeah, I think that is such a stereotype. And I'm so happy you brought that up because every time I go on a national team trip, I feel like people are like, oh, you don't do anything. And I'm like, guys, I swim the two back and two I am. Like, what do you think I do? Like, I don't train with the sprinters. Like, my mid D group has like Abraham Divine who swims the 400 I am. Like, I train mid D. So, like, when I was young like that, like, David had me like stay extra. I used to do like test sets, um, even like, now like I trained a little bit more in high school he'd make me like stay in and do an extra 2,000 or something like that but like we trained like in this fall I was training like 7,000 meters like on our Tuesday Thursday practice like I am not doing 12 and a half um and I sort of love that because that people like think that somehow I don't do that because David's like the sprint coach or whatever but like my mid-d group like gets after it like the Saturday before I left we did 24 100s long course on 150 one fast one easy um and I did the backstroke and that's a rough set like that is the tough set I, I I feel a I feel a defensiveness coming <laughs> you feel sure. that too I like, that, I could give that was a forceful answer that was a really forceful answer <laughs> yeah I'm like I I like literally feel like I've been defending like because I train with sprinters or there's a lot of sprinters and he's done so much but I'm like guys he coached like Ryan and Tyler like what do you guys think we were doing like just doing like some wits um we definitely do power on Wednesdays and that's like a huge aspect of that um and sometimes I feel like I need to remind myself that I also do swim 100 because I this year and like did not train one single practice with the sprint group and arguably my best event is the 100 backstroke um but I think Think that it's just like trusting him and that's what I did leading up to my world record in 2018 and I know that um getting that like what we call like deep endurance like pretty much everyone has like a superficial level of endurance um but deep endurance is like 200s or doubles of events and getting that takes a lot of um high-end aerobic swimming threshold swimming and that is what I did this entire fall of 2019 and we'll probably be doing it again in 2020. <laughs> It seems like there's a there's this culture in swim where we worship suffering, yeah. and we take it we take a huge amount of pride in it. Just so you know, I don't like sprinters. Sometimes I hate them, <laughs> uh, and I, I say it out loud. I own it, mm -hmm. but it's uh, it it, do, it does seem like we have a culture where it's like suffering is a great thing, and we want people to know that we suffer. Yeah, you got to suffer a little bit to get to the good stuff, you know. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Completely agreed. You brought up 2018. That was a, that was an exciting summer, mm -hmm. and, and it's. Uh, I remember when we, I was down in the mix zone, and I was standing behind Coleman, annoying him. He was like, "Leave me alone. Let me do my job." And uh, we had, there was a tuner back, and I noticed a lot of media was was around Reagan, and I'm like, Kathleen Center right there, and uh, and and I was sort of like, you know, what's what's going on here, and and then. It was uh, in the hunter back, the 58 double O. I was like, that was you put it down, buddy. That's so fast. It was mm -hmm. so fast. Where was your head at that summer? Because it's, uh, you seemed very resilient and you seemed really at the top of your game. Yeah, I mean, I feel like um, transitioning from college to international swimming is obviously very hard, especially because I'm switching coaches. Um, I go from swimming at Cal to swimming under David. And typically in our qualifying process, we're qualifying in June. Um, and that 2018 summer, you're qualifying in August. And so for me, our end of July, like getting that extra like a month at consistency of training in my weights coach that I use that is different from my college weights coach, like adding all of that in, I think like um, 
really came together. And I also felt like 2018 was like the hardest I've been asked to train, like in terms of like expectations. Um, at that point, I would definitely just like slash that at this point because it's definitely gotten harder. Um, but at 2018, like I remember like talking to Katie Miley and us both being like, this is the hardest like I've ever trained, like and ever had to do. And um, I spent a lot of time uh, focusing on 200 backs and um, 200 IM. Like I told David, like every single week, multiple times a week, I want to swim my 200 back long course. Um, it doesn't need to be like all out. I just want to swim like a full 200 back hard um, so that my body can get used to like being uh, like sort of swimming for 200 meters without stopping. Because typically like in a normal practice, I'm usually doing like hundreds threshold 150s or 200s pull but rarely do I do just like straight up 200 backs a long course unless we're racing and adding that in I think really gave me a lot of um, confidence and I feel like my 200 back time right now is not what I think I can go by any means um, I think that I'm like on the verge of like going like a better time in that and I didn't feel like I hit the time I wanted to in 2018 in that two back um, with Reagan which like really frustrated me um, a little bit. I like and feel like I'm capable of going something quicker than that. And so going into that hundred back, David was like, "Like you got this." I just go out there. Like he told me that he thought I could break a world record, which, as you guys have heard, I'm extremely like goal and time oriented. And David never tells me a goal or time before I swim because he like just tells me to like go have fun and relax. That's what he tells me because that's like my cue word when I swim is relax. Like that's what I tell myself when I'm diving in or else I like over swim it and get too excited. Since we, and, we, we talked to him after that and he did tell us that and he did say this was a rare moment where he's like, I knew that she had it. Um, what's interesting about that moment in time is that uh, I think collectively everyone in the swimming family, all the swim nerds, all the fans were, you know, we're, we're kind of excited for pan packs and it was a, the Tokyo tune-up mm -hmm. and you know for being honest team USA fell flat for a variety of reasons <laughs> you didn't you didn't you, you you said your 200 back wasn't on but your 200 back was on a pan pack she you went faster that was you like a pure, pure grit swim I was just getting so mad at that point I literally just like all out sprinted that from the beginning and like was unable to move at the finish of that <laughs> Well, I'm just I'm just curious you know some people swam well few people swam well most of the team did not yeah. How did you do it? How did you pull off your performance there? Because it sounds like you weren't feeling it. You had to push it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I had a lot of up and down swims at Pan Packs. Like, my prelims 100 back was, like, awesome. Like, I went 58.4, and I'm like, it's my second best time ever. Like, I'm on it. And then, like, night was, like, 58.8. I still medaled, which is awesome. Um, and everyone was 58.8, and everyone was a little slow. And I think that – I think maybe it was just, like, the quick turnaround, like, not having, like, the right amount of sleep. But – I like don't want to tell you I like try not to like say that to yourself in the moment because that like psychs yourself out that like puts you out of the zone of thinking that you can succeed um and I felt like I was actually pretty pleased with my 100 back overall um I still meddled which is awesome to do especially like looking at the pan pacific um backstrokers like that's like where we all are it's like pan pacific so it's like I am literally beating the or like around the best in the world minus like Katinka pretty much um so like looking at that I was like wow I'm actually racing the very best in the world in backstroke right now and I got third which is awesome um and then I had like a pretty not great performance in the 200 I am I went a 211 in prelims and um really it was just my breaststroke split wasn't there and sometimes my breaststroke is up and down which I've really worked on 
getting it exactly where it needs to be. And I'm very proud of my breaststroke now. Um, and then the last day is that tuner back. And I literally was just like getting so mad that I was like, you know what? Like, this is my last individual race. I'm just going to go like as hard as I can the whole way. And I went out a double O and came back in a 105 and um, it hurt like real bad, like, like real bad. Like I like remember finishing my media zone and being like, I'm going to need to like sit for a second. Like I couldn't even like swim in the warm down pool. Cause I was like, so toasted from that. Um, and sometimes like those are swims need to happen. And I know tuner backs hurt pretty much all the time. Um, that was my best time in the tuner back, I believe, uh, which was awesome. And it was swam completely different than I would ever swim it now or again. Um, but I just got like sort of mad. And sometimes when like I'm mad and like want something really a lot, that's when some of like uh, some good goal times come. And also like some of my best swims come when I'm like, I love swimming so much. This is the best thing in the world. Like I can go either way, really. <laughs> well, it's it's what I find fascinating in, in, in talking to you and hearing you. It, it's uh, I think we're in a unique moment. Everybody knows it. Coleman's Coleman's done 50 podcasts. So I did one with you. It's like we, everyone's been talking during this period of time, but you were in a unique situation because it's a, um, because you had a tough time in 19. Yeah. You had, you had some health challenges in 19 and then you're coming into an Olympic year and you're, you're having this. So it's back to back. Um, how, how, how do you maintain resolve uh, taking that into account? I think like so many people don't even really realize like what happened to me in 2019. Um, and so a lot of times people are like, oh, she's like falling off the track. And I'm like, I literally had been in the water for like eight weeks after a broken rib and then went to Worlds and got six. Like, that's not bad. That's actually like, pretty incredible when I look back on it in the moment. Didn't love it because I am like well more capable of that. And people don't even know that like I herniated a disc in my back in between that and was like hospitalized with that. And I'm like, that was like a terrible year. And I did not do that bad. Um, and so I felt like I had a lot to prove in 2020. And I felt like I was able to um, with a really great meet in France followed by Des Moines less than a month later, which gave me some level of like, I needed to show myself and I needed to show everyone like that I'm capable of being in this game. I want to be in the talks of making the Olympic events and three events. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to show that and wanted to prove that. And so I feel like I was able to do that. And then the like, pandemic happened and I was like, Oh, now I have to wait a whole year. And for me, like my mental game is like something I'm very proud of. And I put myself in like a really great mental headspace, especially the year of the Olympics. And I'm like, I got to do that again. Like I have to do that a whole nother year now. Um, and I think like I held on to a lot of like my January, February and half of March um, during like the beginnings and summers of pandemic time, I guess, because I was so proud of like the amount of work I put in the pool, the times I was going in practice, like what I went in France, um, what I went in Des Moines. And those were times that like, I've never even been close to in season. And I was not even rested like at the slightest bit in Des Moines, which was like pretty incredible for me. Um, and so I like just hold on to like the good stuff and then just like staying motivated during this like quarantine period was awesome for me. And I tried to be in the pool as much as I can, even if it was like a 22 yard backyard pool or like a 46 meter, uh, long course pool with no lane ropes. Like I was doing everything I could. And so like when July hit and I was 
feeling like I was more back at myself. Like I was asking David if we could do race stuff on Saturdays. Like I was doing race practices, races and long course and things like that, which give me confidence knowing like I am swimming faster in race uh, races in practice than I was at um, last year's world championship. So I like hold on to those things, um, which give me like a lot of confidence into the year and make me really excited for September when uh, we really pick up and do a lot of aerobic and threshold training, which is sort of like the biggest grind time we have. When, when I think about great athletes, I always think about like just performances and I totally whiff that one. So 2019 world's Herculean performance, all things considered. I think about Phelps in 2004 getting, getting, you know, losing the 200 free mm -hmm. and uh, there was so much pressure on him and it was just, a, he didn't have to do that. You know, he was, he was yeah. young, but I think about, uh, Dressel in 2018 when he was suffering. Uh, I do think those things, those moments define you. Do you have a moment other than 19 where you're like, you know what? I did that. And when your head hits the pillow at night, it's like, that's who I am. <laughs> yes. I have like so many moments, like especially like being diagnosed with Crohn's in like the early phases of like getting myself together enough to swim. But like a huge defining moment for for me was like absolutely swimming terrible my freshman year of college pretty much like I got like 14th and 100 back um and then I made the Olympic team three months later um and that's like a huge defining moment for me because like being able to like not lose belief in yourself when you're not doing well um and turning things around when I went home and like under eight weeks uh is something I'm really proud of. And I'm really proud of those moments. I definitely had a meltdown in there. I remember it was like May and my mom was like, Oh my God, like you don't have to go to trials. So I was like, why would you even say that? Of course I'm going. Like, <laughs> I like, I just remember them being like feeling so bad. Cause I was doing like everything I could think of to try to get back to where I wanted to be and put me in the game for making the Olympic team in the hundred back. Um, and for me, that's like an extremely defining moment in my um, career is just being able to like, have a bad meet or a bad swim and being able to bounce back from that is like an amazing skill to have, especially as I've gotten older. Um, those are like very big moments, but now I'm like, I might swim three events at Olympic trials and I could not make it in one and I can make it in two. Um, and you never know really what that's going to look like and being able to like understand that like your meet's not over because of one bad swim and like one bad swim doesn't always like mean like losing doesn't always mean it's a bad swim either. <laughs> No, it does not. And you are, yeah, it's, you made some sort of soul contract before you entered this world and you chose what you chose. And it's like, and, and you, it's, I, I, the Hunter backstroke is just so competitive. Uh, big challenges ahead. We're down to three and a half minutes. Coleman, do you have any questions? Cause I've talked to Kathleen the entire time. I just want to say this, the, your cover of swim swam, Braden Keith's favorite cover. He's like, that's a cool cover. I like that cover. It's my favorite photo I've like ever done. I'm like, this is like where I send people. I'm like, oh guys, look at this, look at this. Uh, coverage cover shot by Mike Lewis. You got yeah, a little awesome. shout out. He, awesome he's guy. he's local there in La Jolla where you're training in that area. Come on, sorry, Coleman. You you got you get three minutes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. three minutes. Um, you got three minutes. So I'm going to talk over your three minutes. <laughs> Kathleen, uh, you you talked about some beach trips. You talked about you've picked up surfing lately. Um, has obvious? That seems like that would kind of help your mental state, especially for a time right now. Um, how is being connected to the water in different ways besides you know just swimming, uh, laps in a pool, kind of helped you um, the last few months? 
Yeah, that was a great question because I, I am like so grateful to live in San Diego. Like I remember when they like closed the oceans down, I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? This is what everyone else in the world feels like. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I was like in at the beach in the ocean surfing like four times a week, some weeks swimming in the ocean, like snorkeling. Like I still do like some open water swims. And like, even like last week I went on a Sunday and went open water swimming and I saw three sharks. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. And like being able to, have like that little outlet that I can go to um, is so so important especially um, when I didn't have the same level of training access as I'm used to um, I didn't have like seven swim practices or eight swim practices and like three or four lifts I was like well I gotta like figure out something and like for me it was like a huge thing with surfing and body surfing and um, our whole team has really gotten into that as well um, so having people to do that with is so awesome and making sure that you're having an outlet and besides just being in pool well i just want to thank coleman hodges for dropping the best question of this podcast it makes me hate him a little bit thank you for coming on kathleen we are down to like 20 seconds will you come back on the podcast of course i love it this has been a blast <laughs> all right thank you so much thanks for being raw real and honest and we would love to have you back thank you